Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Happy Monday. As we head into this new week, I want to lay out for you what I think may be one of the most important um, characteristics, uh, things that you need as a person, thing that you need as a person to serve God successfully. If you look at the men and women of God in the Bible, and then um, even just throughout time, but really even people who've uh, done anything with their life, there's been a common denominator that um, that they've all had, uh, uh, something that they've worked into their life, an understanding that they've come to of, I can't, I can't progress in life, I can't succeed in life without this thing. So we're going to talk today about discipline. And I know it's everyone's favorite subject, talking about being disciplined. For disciplined people, they love it. For undisciplined people, they roll their eyes. I remember when I was a teenager and my mom would, we would mow the yard and we'd get up and she'd wake us up at 10 a.m. on a Saturday. And when we wanted to be playing video games, we were out there mowing the yard and how much of a torment it felt like. I got to go mow the yard. Like this is the worst thing in my life. I look back and laugh now because at some point in adulthood, life just comes at you and you just have to grow up like you that you just don't have options anymore it's not like i have a choice between video games and mowing the yard it's this is this is my life but um it's something that god wants to instill in his people and and i encourage you no matter where you are in life maybe you're a very disciplined person but that but that this is something that god looks at as a prerequisite for promotion for everything that we do coming out of a um uh sales career coming out of 10 plus years of working in sales and being near the top of my industry um, uh, out of uh, out of a, I guess maybe what was it 800 a thousand reps maybe more being in the top 30 reps in the country um, and 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 seeing what it takes to succeed in something uh, this for me is a is a big one one that I've thought about a lot so I want to talk to you from a from a practical standpoint and from a Bible perspective but you know there's People talk about, especially in sales, people talk about um, motivation a lot. Um, and there's this there's this thing ex- where people have to kind of get worked up to a place where they can go and perform. And I've always been, I've, I've never liked that because I thought, man, I need to be a, in the place where I don't have to feel a certain way. I don't want my emotions to have to carry me into success. I want to be able to just day in, day out, no matter how my emotions are doing, go out and perform. And so there's a mental motivation where people get hyped to go do something, but I believe God wants to give us a deep well of motivation where it's not like this mental hype thing that once it once we're not in a good mood, it's all fall down, but that's something that carries us. Um, uh, when others are slowing down or quitting, we're moving forward. And so I believe that that's found in the Word of God. So um, uh, first of all, number our number one motivation you know, there's two types of motivation. There's negative motivation. There's positive motivation. I heard a very interesting study that talked about, um, they did the study with mice and they put mice in like a maze. And uh, if they put cheese at the end of the maze, the, uh, the, the smell of the cheese was a motivator and the mouse moved at a certain speed. It moved faster through the maze to get to the cheese than it would if there was no smell, no motivation, no, no urgency to move, Right. And so the cheese made the mouse move faster. They took the cheese out and they put in, they took the smell of cheese away, but from behind the, the mouse, they put in the smell of a cat, a predator, something that is risking its life. And lo and behold, the mouse moved even faster than if there was cheese. The, the negative motivation of not being eaten, uh, the fear was a greater motivator than 
than the 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 goal of getting um, some cheese at the end of the the maze. But if they did both, if they put cheese and they put the smell of the mouth and the smell of the cat, it was the greatest motivator. So those two combined, uh, fear and uh, uh, the the greed for gain, I guess it is is what we call it. Fear and a positive motivator of of reward were the combined were the greatest motivator. Now we know that God doesn't operate out of fear. God is a God of love. But there is the reality that without God, there is a fearful thing. The Bible talks about it's a fearful thing to fa- to fall into the hands of an angry God. So for people, there are many people who are in heaven simply because. They just realize that without God, they're going straight to hell. Their motivator for serving God wasn't, I want to love God with all my heart. Their motivator wasn't, oh, you know, sure, it's I want to go to heaven. But if there was no heaven, if there was just hell or fade to black, people would choose. <laughs> I would fade to black. They would be, I would, I would rather cease to exist than spend eternity in hell. So even without the motivator of heaven, but God, God gives us as Christians, we live kind of by both. God isn't putting fear on us, but there is the reality that here we are on planet earth. And at the end of our lives, when our time comes to an end here, even if you say, I don't want to decide, I'm not choosing, I'm not making up my mind on whether God is real. You've made a decision. God has voted for you. The devil's voted against you. You cast the deciding vote. So in Colossians chapter one, uh, I'm going to read this to you here. It says, um, I, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since, of your, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all of the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So here it shows the motivation. Hey, they have faith and they have love. And the motivation of faith and love is hope, the hope that's laid up for them in heaven. Of this have you heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed it is in the whole world and is bearing fruit and increasing. And so it, it, here we see the first motivator and it's a, it's a positive motivator. Hey, there's eternity in heaven and there's a hope laid up for you that if you run the race right, there's, a, there's, the, there's the reality, there's the guarantee that if you serve God and you do what the Bible says, there's a heaven laid up for you. There's, a, there's eternal fruit laid up for you. There's a home waiting for you. John 14 says, I go to prepare a place for you. So number one, reason for discipline in your life, to discipline yourself. The Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, to say, I'm not taking chances on making it to heaven. You know, when you go soul winning and you tell people, hey, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and he has a great plan for their life, for your life? And you say yes, or they say yes. And then you say, hey, if you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? And they say yes. And you say, why? You hear people, oh, I believe in God. The amount of people that, that believe all it takes to get to heaven is just a belief that God exists. That's not what it takes to heaven. It takes, the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, people people choosing to make Jesus the Lord of their life. I don't know if you understand what that means. Being the Lord, Jesus being your Lord and Savior. Do you know what a Lord is? Another word for Lord is master. So when, when, when you think of Jesus, he's not just your ticket out of hell. He's actually your master. Part of going to heaven isn't just believing that God exists. It's actually having faith and proving it by your works. Your works don't get you into heaven, but your works prove your faith. So it takes works to get into heaven. Let me make this clear because people will be, uh, hey, Pastor Ryan said that you have to do works to get into heaven. Yeah, the Bible says that your works are tried by fire, number one. The, the Bible actually says that 
that God will judge the, the, the works of mankind. God will judge man by Jesus Christ. And so for us, if someone says, I'm a Christian, to say I'm a Christian, but then their life doesn't look like anything that resembles Christ or Christianity, to not obey the Bible shows that they're not a Christians. I can say I'm a rabbit, but people can look and see I'm not a rabbit, right? I'm a human. I talk like a human. I walk like a human. I think like a human. And so there's there's the reality that there's a hope laid up in heaven. But then there's the combined fear that man, if I don't get if I don't get it together and discipline myself, man, I'm I'm looking at a problem moving forward. I'm looking at a lost eternity and I'm not willing to take that chance. So that's from Colossians 1. And then I want to read to you um, uh, 1 Corinthians 13. And I think you'll like this scripture. This one I read today is, um, is awesome. It talks about uh, the day where we receive our word. 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though thee himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Man, what a scripture to live by, to, to keep in front of yourself. All right, so now you're born again. Now what? The Bible says that your works that you did on this earth are either building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ or they're not. And what's going to happen? Whether you like this or not, at the end of your life, your life will go through the fire. And if, there's, if, if you did something for Jesus, it'll remain. If you did it the way he intended you to, and it was done on the right foundation with the right heart, the Bible says God tries the hearts with the right foundation, then there'll be a reward. But if, there's, if it's done the wrong way, you know there's many people who will get to heaven and they'll have nothing to show for it. It says there, it says there'll be people that everything will be burned up and they'll have nothing. They'll be saved, but just barely. So imagine getting to heaven and realizing, man, my whole life, sure, I made it here, but my whole life, I wasted my life. I wasted my life on temporary things. I wasted my life worrying what, you know, where the provision would come from, unwilling to step out on a limb to see God provide for me. I wasted my whole life and I have nothing to show for the rest of eternity. Nothing to show. I mean, I'm here. Praise God. I'm in heaven, but nothing to show for my life. You know, I want to get to heaven and have a reward waiting for me. I want my life's work. I want all of it to pass through the fire and pass through unburnt. I want it to pass through. And it says that we'll receive a reward. And later on, it says it will be to, to the, it will receive praise from God. When you get to heaven and you have all the provision you need, you have all the gold, you know, the streets are made of gold. We're not going to desire money and riches in heaven like we do here. But what will it say? It says that the reward will be the be that God will give us praise. We'll have praise of God. Read it in the Bible. Read in 1 Corinthians 3 and 4. four chapter 4, verse 5. Let me read it to you. It says, Therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purpose of the heart, purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his praise of God, his commendation of God. So here we have it. My motivation on this earth when I wake up 
the reason I wake up before, you know, I, I, I'm at work at nine and I'm up at six, six fifteen. Why? It's because I'm I'm setting disciplines in my life because I see that's what it takes to be successful. You know, there's simple things in the Bible. Joshua 1 says, meditate in the word day and night uh, in the word, and only then will you have good success. So I want to tell you this. That's a very practical way of the Lord showing us that if you're not reading the word and more than just reading, meditating, pondering on the word in the morning and at night, you won't be successful. Well, you know, you can't be religious about it. No, this is a book of instruction. If you read Joshua 1 in the New Living Translation, I encourage you to, the first 10 verses, it says, follow this book of instruction. This book shall not depart out of your mouth. Meditate therein day and night. And so there's simple things that God tells us to do. You know, winning the lost is not optional. As a disciple of God, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's the Great Commission. It's not one of the one of the things God tells us to do. It's the greatest commission that God has given us. Of all the things you're going to do as, an, as a believer, winning the lost is the, is the main one. It's not just for evangelists. It's for all believers. But people take these things and they just think they're optional. But, I, but these people will find themselves standing before God one day with nothing, standing before their creator, Jesus Christ, standing before the Father with nothing to show for their lives. And God will have shown... You know, and I, you, you don't even want to speculate about that time, but it's crazy to think that people can live their whole life and, and they barely make it, but they have nothing to show for it. So now is the time when you're young. And if you're not young, if you're old and listen to it, now is the time. Let the rest of your life count for eternity. There's things that people put off. Oh, you know, I set my alarm for early, but then I just hit snooze. Set 10 alarms all over the house. I don't care if you have to buy 10 junky alarm clocks and put them all over the house just so you get up and get out of bed. I don't care what you have to do. Become a person. Discipline is paramount to the kingdom of God. The Bible says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You do not want God calling you lazy. It's time to grow up. I believe the first thing that the first prerequisite, I mean, there's many other things it takes to be a servant of God and to be successful. What I would say, number one is discipline, is being a disciplined person. You know, for me, I remember last story here, but when I need to lose weight, I remember playing basketball and I was probably 200 and I don't know, 210, 220, excuse me. Yeah, 210, 220 pounds. I was 245 at my heaviest, but I remember playing basketball and my knees just hurting and my ankles just hurting. I think I was, no, maybe I was 240 at this time, either way. And I remember thinking to myself, man, if I'm 21, 22 years old now and my ankles and my knees are hurting now from this. Man, what are my ankles and my knees going to be like when I'm 80 years old? How am I going to be wondering? It's going to be bad news at that point. I would have gone, man, I messed up my knees, destroyed my knees, destroyed my ankles. And so that was a negative motivation that I had, the fear that at 80, I'm going to be in pain all the time. And so I took that negative motivation and I turned it into a plan to lose weight. And I set out a plan for the next 40 days, I'm doing this. Many people with 40 days, and I'm not just talking about weight loss, but in many things, a discipline to wake up early and pray. I'm going to take the next 30 days. You may need to say this. I'm going to take the next 30 days and wake up and pray and read the Bible and spend 45 minutes between the two and just do it and make yourself accountable to somebody. But setting things in place to show yourself. You know, the Bible says of Jesus that he woke up way before the dawn. I'm not there yet. I'm waking up at six. Jesus woke up way before day. Day was 6 a.m. So way before. And he went to pray. So let's take our example from the greatest human that's ever lived, 
uh, Jesus Christ. And let's be disciplined people. I love you. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next podcast.